This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune, but with a twist. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, and Oakland native. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, and secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. This month, we have some very special episodes. Each week, one of my friends will be taking over the podcast to share their favorite deep cuts with you. This week, we have a host who is a fellow singer, songwriter, and fellow ukulele lover, Dodie. Take it away, Dodie. It's 365 Today, in 1912, the luxury passenger liner, the RMS Titanic, hit an iceberg in the middle of the northern Atlantic Ocean. The ship had been treated as unsinkable, so at first the crew and passengers didn't think that grating against an iceberg was a cause for serious alarm. But over the next two hours and 15 minutes, it became abruptly clear that the huge ship was going to disappear into the ocean and that not everyone on board was going to make it out alive. But let's reverse and talk about what got the Titanic to that disastrous moment with the iceberg. In the early 1900s, the White Star Line decided to build a trio of luxury liners, the Olympic, the Titanic and the Britannic. They were to be the largest and fanciest luxury liners the world had ever seen. Luxury liners were a big thing at the time, because they were the only way to cross the Atlantic in style, and the upper classes of Britain and America were super enthusiastic about a fashionable way to travel between the continents. Of course, it wasn't only the wealthy on board the ships. People from all social classes were eager to cross the ocean to America, and though the Titanic and her sisters were primarily treated as luxury liners, they also had second and third class accommodations in addition to the highly advertised first class staterooms. Construction of the ship began in 1909. The Titanic and the Olympic were constructed side by side by over 15,000 workers. Though the ship's construction was highly celebrated, in some ways it foreshadowed the disaster to come. Eight workers lost their lives while building the ship. The Titanic ended up being the largest ship ever built, 230 metres long, 25 storeys high, and weighed a whopping 46 million kilograms. That's over 100 million pounds. The unsinkable moniker wasn't just an advertisement. The builders of the ship really believed it was unsinkable because the engineers had created watertight compartments in the boiler rooms. The engineers created 16 watertight compartments that could each be sealed off with watertight doors. The ship could stay afloat with up to four of these compartments flooded, but not five or more. The engineers could not envision a scenario in which more than four of the compartments would become flooded. Therefore, the ship was deemed unsinkable. Alas, the specific way that the Titanic hit the iceberg rendered the watertight compartments useless. During the designing and construction of the ship, 
No one had thought of a scenario wherein the ship would scrape along the side of an iceberg and have so many compartments, six in total, become flooded. The water rose so high so quickly that the bulkheads could not contain it, and it began to flood the rest of the ship. The ship's commanders had received several warnings of ice in the area earlier in the night, but they kept barreling forward at full speed, hoping to reach New York a day early. There was also fog in the air, and when the lookouts finally caught sight of the iceberg approaching, there wasn't much time to turn, as the iceberg was only a quarter of a mile away. The ship began to turn when the navigators got the emergency signal, but it was going so fast and was so large that it was unable to avoid the iceberg and instead scraped against it on the side. The irony is, if the ship had hit the iceberg head-on, the watertight compartments might have saved the Titanic from sinking. But as it was, a totally unplanned scenario sank the ship. As if that weren't bad enough, the whole unsinkable thing had made it so that the ship was not equipped with enough lifeboats to save everyone aboard. The builders were so convinced that the ship was unsinkable, and so convinced of their own supremacy in engineering, that they considered giving the ship the correct number of boats an insult to their ego as masters of industry. It carried only the minimum amount allowed by shipbuilding regulations, which was written when ships were much smaller than the Titanic, and thus needed fewer lifeboats. The Titanic only had 20 lifeboats, while to carry all its passengers it would have needed 48. Paradoxically, the ship's builders thought that having all the lifeboats required for the passengers would have made passengers think the boat wasn't safe. As it turned out, the boat wasn't safe and it didn't have enough lifeboats. To make things even worse, the crew members manning the lifeboats were not alerted to the seriousness of the situation with the lifeboats until half the boats had already been sent off to the sea, with less than half of their capacity filled. This caused far fewer people to be rescued than was theoretically possible. As the situation grew more dire, the bow of the Titanic, where the water was congregating below decks, began to sink into the sea. As the ship sank, the wireless operators tried to signal to other ships in the area, but as it turned out, the closest ship was 93 kilometres away, and it would take four hours for that ship, the Carpathia, to reach the Titanic. By that time, the ship was sunk, and the people in life jackets in the water had all died of hypothermia. It's estimated that the water was minus 2.2 degrees Celsius that night. 2,200 people were on board the Titanic, and only 704 survived. One of the conspiracy theories is that millionaire JP Morgan plotted the sinking to kill his rivals, Jacob Astor, Benjamin Guggenheim, and Isidore Strauss. There wasn't much evidence, except that all of those men did indeed die when the ship sank. That definitely put Morgan in a weird position. Fans of the theory tooted the fact that Morgan was supposed to travel on the ship, but cancelled at the last minute, almost like he knew something was afoot. The conspiracies only get crazier from there. There's one that the Titanic didn't actually sink, that the sinking was actually an insurance scam, a tale as old as insurance. That theory hinges on the sister ship, the Olympic, which was being repaired at the same time of the sinking. I guess the idea there was maybe they switched one giant damaged ship out for another? Yeah, that theory doesn't make a ton of sense. If you're into the supernatural, you might like one of the most mythical theories, that a mummy's curse sank the ship. This one was based off the fact that one of the ship's passengers was a peddler of mummy curse theories throughout Europe, and multiple surviving passengers recalled him telling mummy curse stories in the ship's common areas. Honestly, that seems more likely than an insurance scam. 
As with many disasters of seemingly impossible circumstances, conspiracy theories quickly developed about the ship and its sinking. In 1997, James Cameron undertook the heroic effort to both make an accurate historical biopic of the sinking of the Titanic, listen to our March 26th episode for more on his journey to the bottom of the sea to film, while giving it a love story to appeal to modern audiences emotionally. Though Rose DeWitt Pucator and Jack Dawson were both fictional, there were certainly many young women of Rose's social stature and many more young men trying to scrape their way to America to create a new life. The movie lovingly depicted the tragedy of such a massive loss of life in such a traumatic manner. Today, in 2018, Beyoncé became the first black woman to headline the Coachella Music and Arts Festival at the Empire Polo Club in Indio, California. Always a pioneer, Beyoncé's performance on that day became the most watched performance ever on YouTube. The show was lauded as historic and groundbreaking. Today, people still reverentially refer to the performance as Beychella. Eventually, the performance is released as part of Homecoming, Beyoncé's Netflix original concert film. Time for a fact from me on what I was doing on an April 14th sometime in my life. Let's have a look. Okay, wow. I just found um, a screenshot from Facebook Memories, um, and it's a status that I put on the 14th of April 2010, so 11 years ago. They said, I heart performing. I hope it is my life one day. Isn't that so sweet? Performing is my life. Today is the day. All the days. Um, yeah, so sweet. I um, I definitely posted a lot on Facebook, my dreams and my wishes for um, being a part of music um, and the stage. Um, so, yeah, pretty cool to see to see that and have my younger self just wailing online it's got 10 likes though so you know pretty famous even back then come back tomorrow for more weird and funky facts and please subscribe on your favorite podcasting device that's all from me thank you so much for having me maya um i love this podcast i learned so much i feel like you're probably a you know historian font of all knowledge by now um yeah i had such a good time thank you bye it's 365 with Dodie, Dodie, new facts every day, so don't leave too soon, I'm gonna teach you stuff, no I won't be tough, gonna go a year till you've had enough, it's 365.